Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Raposio, and with me, as always, is Sam Mario Nipples Grezis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that big, uh, big new development in video games. Mario has human nipples. Does this, what does this change? Does this change anything that we know he has nipples now? I, I, I think it changes everything. Can we milk Mario? Well, I mean, you can pretty much milk anyone, right? It's I just know. if you try hard enough. <laughs> if you, if you, if you enough... follow your dreams, you can uh-huh. milk anything. I believe that you can milk whatever you want to believe uh, to milk. All right. So welcome to post week two episode. Yep. Week two was Bad. there. I I wouldn't say it was a particularly good week of football. We didn't have any particularly memorable games, I don't think. I mean, it was nice to see the Falcons be really good. I like that. That was fun. And it was terrible to see the Patriots be really good. Again. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still not completely sold that they won't regress. I I still like I still think that Tom Brady will will be markedly worse this season uh than he was last season they also don't really they haven't been tested yet at all they certainly certainly weren't last week that's funny because i think the uh, falcons still have a pretty good opportunity to regress so we're both doubling down yeah. on our opinions from last from, week yeah from last week and kind of from the uh the um uh preseason too um i also think this like the Saints are just going to be dog shit this year. They just really are. I feel like the Saints are going to be like a top 10 drafting team, but they're not going to be a top five drafting team. Really? Okay. okay. I think I, th- I still think Drew Brees is good enough to drag that team to some wins over bad defenses mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they play bad defenses. Um, I, I still think Sean Payton's a pretty good, uh, candidate for being fired mid-season yeah i mean as now that things have kind of started this way i I am kind of have to gonna i am going to have to double back on my uh my preseason opinion that like he would he was safe i yeah he ain't he ain't He, he ain't so this is like he's, they've started out like zero and two for like the past three seasons in a row, and then they've squeaked their way out to around a five hundred season. Yeah, and it feels like they've been doing that for a while yeah, now. Yeah, a couple years, at least three. I can't remember the last time the Saints were in the playoffs. God, I know it wasn't that unrecently. No, no. I mean, we could we could get uh, we could get Marcus back on. He could probably tell us all about it. But did they beat the Eagles in the Foles year? I feel like that was the team that beat yeah, the Eagles in the yes, Foles year. Yes, yes, I yes, I think. Remember you are Nick right. Foles, listeners? I do. Remember when Nick Foles was a thing that yeah, one dude. season? Yeah, it was great. He was fine. He was perfectly fine. Now he was an eagle. Fuck him. Oh, okay. Well, so here's here's the nice thing about me as an equal opportunity hater. All of the NFC East teams look like garbage right now, which is yeah. great. The Giants are 0-2, and they're only one game back in the division. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, the Giants are 0-2. Ezekiel Elliott imploded. Uh, the, yeah, the Cowboys are, are dog shit. Uh, the the Eagles, eh? The Redskins looked real bad last week. The Redskins won last week. I know. They won looking bad, <laughs> right? Like, I, I know that they won. I'm not. I'm not arguing with that. We might as well just start with the NFC East, because I think... Yeah. We were all pretty surprised to see the Broncos stomp the crap out of the Cowboys uh, this past is, week. Who is we were all? Who is we were all? The podcast listeners? Because you wouldn't let me talk about my boy touchdown Trevor and how he's really good? Because if you're saying you all, you, I am not included in that. I, I I was like, their defense looks good. Touchdown Trevor will actually be good as all good. Right, here's, here's the Here's the thing. I don't think anyone, including you, would have expected the Cowboys to get blown out the way they That's did. That's true, and I, and I certainly did not if expect Ezekiel Elliott to run for eight yards. If you had told me before the week that yeah. the Broncos were going to win that game, I would have been like, okay, sure, why I not? can see yeah. that happening. If you told me the Broncos were going to stop them, 
Mm-hmm. And Zeke was going to have eight yards. Eight, eight I yards would have been like, carries? come on, man. Let's not be unreasonable. I hate the Cowboys, too. Let's not be unreasonable. But that's yeah. what happened. That is real life. That is real life. And that was fun. I, I will say that was one of the fun uh, things about this week. I liked that. That was a lot of fun. I mean, the Cowboys losing is pretty much always good for everyone outside Cowboys. Fans. Right, right. And especially, I mean, especially for me personally, being having it done by – Real talk, a, a quarterback that I'm rooting for to, like, be successful in the league, you know, to have him on the other side of that. It was just very, we'll put it this way, it was self-care for me <laughs> to watch that game. I will admit, tr- touchdown Trevor looks pretty good this year. Yeah. We only have two games, obviously. We, we do, we do. Let's I, not jump to too many conclusions. We can pump the brakes a little bit, for sure. But, I mean, your statement of him not being – of him – Obviously, being a top fifty quarterback before the season, where I tore you apart. Yep, yep. Right now, looks like you were right. <laughs> well, the other the other thing about that, remember, like the quarterbacks we put above him, like Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer. Yeah, about that, right? <laughs> yeah, about uh, that. So yes, good, good for the Broncos. I the. AFC West looks stacked as it hell. It does. It does. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, that's going to be a lot of fun once they start playing against each other. Like, I legit kind of expected the Raiders to regress a little bit because mm-hmm. they won, like, seven games last year by one score or less. Like, like, like t- by seven points or less kind of deal. And when you get that close on so many games you tend to regress to the mean a little bit the next season but i think the team is better like they might be better because they've had two fairly convincing wins so far yeah yeah they have they really have i'm just the the raiders look real good the broncos look real good Mm -hmm. the chiefs look real good they had a dominating win and new england and then they came back against the eagles and the eagles gave them a pretty decent fight and they, the Chiefs kind of did like that old Andy Reid thing where they wind right. down a little too early, but yeah, yeah. they still look like a good team. And the Chargers, while giving up two games in heartbreak fashion, uh-huh. still look more than capable of winning games. Yeah, they do. And and like I, the Chargers might be the best zero and two team right now. At, I can't they, think of an zero and two team I, that could have probably won their first two games like th- the Chargers yep, could have. Yep. And I do want to I do want to give a brief shout out to because uh, because we like you know we love talking about kickers on this sh- show I'm I hope I pronounce his name re- right I think it's Youngway Koo, um, yes. was not his fault the first time a lot of people are calling for his head and I don't think that's fair because the first time his kick got blocked that was why they lost week yeah he one. made the game winning kick he but he got ice and the second one it probably would have gone in like it got blocked right, like, that's not blocked. on him yeah. this past week was on him this past week was on him yeah just like they're not Owen, they're not Owen 2 because of their kicker pump the brakes on that uh, I want to ask you because my my opinion has changed on this from my Uh-oh. preseason thing. I mean, do you still think the Patriots are a lock for the Super Bowl? A lock for the Super Bowl? Yeah. I don't recall saying that. I think they're a lock for the AFC Championship. Oh, no. I mean, to, to make the Super Bowl, not to win the Super Bowl. I, to I make meant, the Super to, Bowl? Yeah. No. To right. make the AFC Championship game, Okay. yes. Yep. I, I, it's, so, I agree with that. I thought... Prior to the season, and again, week two, things are going to change a lot. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the Patriots should be considered a lock for the AFC Championship yep, game until game. they are not. Yep. They've literally been in the game for like the past five years. Mm-hmm. They should just be taken for it. Should just be taken for granted gonna, that that's where they are until they are not. I'm gonna look up um, the last AFC Championship game that they were not involved in. It has to be... I mean, oh, I think it might be it, longer than five years ago, honestly. It, I think it had to be Steelers-Jets. Let's I, That's see. the first one I can remember that didn't have the Patriots in it that was recent. Okay, hold on. Um, do, 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 do. All right, recent games. Patriots, 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 Patriots. It's Steelers-Jets. I was right. In 2010, you are absolutely right that it was 
Ravens Patriots two years in a row. Broncos Patriots. Um, Patriots Colts. I don't, shoot, I forgot about that Andrew yeah. Luck game. Yeah, and then Broncos Patriots in 2015. Uh, 2016 Patriots Steelers, obviously, and 2017 TBD. Yeah, I think they're. I think they are a lock. Uh, so far for the AFC Championship game, but but I I don't know, man. I don't. There are a lot of teams now. Even even with like even if we take their week, the Patriots week one appearance as a fluke, which you know probably was. Um. The way they played in week two, there are a lot of teams that if you take their week two shit and extrapolate it, that I think would be able to beat those Patriots, the Patriots that we saw in week two. I think right now any of the AFC West teams could beat the Patriots. One already did. Yeah, it's true. But I I think even the Chargers could give the Patriots a run Mm -hmm. for their money. Um, in terms of the other teams in the division, the Ravens always play the Patriots hard. That's true. And That's it true. seems like the Ravens might have a legitimately decent defense. Their defense is so good. I mean, okay, so I got I to gotta shout out Ray here real quick just because I made fun of him to no end uh, for drafting them like two rounds before – or two or three rounds before the end of our fantasy football draft because I think it's dumb to draft defenses. I think you should stream them. Um, and the Ravens defense have put up like 20-plus fantasy points for him every week so far. They are a very good defense. So here's the only problem with that assessment. Yeah. They've played the Bengals and the Browns. That's See, that's the thing. That's the thing. And – did either of us call the Bengals being, like, this in disarray? No. I think most of us probably, you and me and probably most of America, probably would have assumed the Bengals were going to be in that comfortable mediocrity where nobody really pays attention to you the entire season, kind of. Yeah. I expected that. That's that's the one, the one part of the uh, NFL season that no one ever really predicts. Mm-hmm. It's the comfortable mediocrity teams. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, everyone wants to know who the best teams are going to be, and everyone kind of has fun thinking who the worst teams are going to be. There's a lot of other teams that just kind of float around in the middle, never really flirting with genuine competitiveness and never really flirting with disaster. But here's the thing. Who... Who's going to be that this year? There, there appears to be we the middle have a class. Lot of, the middle class in the NFL. Here. The middle class in the NFL is shrinking this year. Let me put it mm. that way. Like, yeah. so the Titans are probably going to live there, right? No, I think the Titans are going to be pretty good. I think the Titan. I mean, look, they gave I mean, the Raiders like a, a run team? for their money, and then they blew away whoever they played this past weekend. Yeah, I think the Titans true. are legitimately good, and I think people are sleeping on them. Okay. So, because so the Texans are clear, the Texans. I put the Texans in there. You think the defense not gonna is still be... good, yeah, I guess but their offense right. is yeah. crap. Yeah. So they're just going to middle around until, like, we're talking teams that are going to be drafting in the teens section. Yeah, okay. yeah sure, sure. This is of course. this is what we're talking about. Yep. Like, yeah, before the season, I would have put the Bengals. Now I think the Bengals no, are going to be too, in the bottom. Too bad. I would put right. the Panthers really? in the mediocrity. The okay. Panthers have yeah, won two they, games, yep. but, but they haven't looked good doing it. They have not looked good doing it. They just lost Greg Olson for the season. Yeah, that's and that's really tough. Yeah. Well, because so, usually when Cam's yeah. struggling to like to like find Kelvin Benjamin or you know one of one of his speedier guys, like Greg Olson is almost always open. He he can just kind of like be like, just give the ball to him to build up confidence. Like that's what they kind of do is when Cam isn't doing well, they'll run a play to Greg Olson and get have him get his groove back. So I think the Panthers are comfortable mediocrity, a team mm-hmm. that no one really pays any attention to this season. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings are good contenders for that. The Vikings yeah. looked yeah. real good week one with Sam Bradford, who then got scared about his knee, and then they looked like trash with Case Keenum. Right. So I don't. I think the Vikings are going to be one of those teams that will they'll win some games and they'll lose some games, and by midseason, everyone kind of forgets about them. Sure. Uh, other other contenders for that. Um, the Redskins. Really? I don't think the you Redskins think are bad be... enough. 
I don't think they're going to be a top 10 draft team. I think they're going to be like a low teens draft See, team. See, I, I thought they were going to be pretty okay. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just judging by the rest okay of the division. See, pretty okay is kind of where we're talking here. Oh, see, no, like, I'm pretty okay thinking... to pretty eh. Like, we're not talking like competitive for the division like not no they're not making the playoffs but they're not trash like somewhere like second and third in the division but like a competitive second or third in the division right yeah either like they're i'm thinking third in the division like that's like the sweet spot for what i'm thinking of they're not the trash basement of the division but they're not good enough to actually really compete for the division sure that's okay that's that's where my mind is at they can compete for second place in the division. I got They you. could compete for second place. Okay. And maybe for a while they might look like they could potentially make the playoffs. But, no. but they're just not winning quite enough games to keep up. And they just sort of fade. So that's 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 where I'm at. And I think there's a lot of good candidates for that. So the Redskins just... are good candidates for that. The Eagles, I can't really get a bead on the Eagles. Yeah, me either, honestly. I've watched both games. And I still like, is this team... Like are sneaky they, are they good? good? Are, or they, are they sneaky are they good? Or are they just actu- not? Are they just getting lucky? Like what right. is this team? I can't get a beat on the Eagles at all. Right. Yeah. Um. If the Giants figure out any sort of offense, they're going to be in that comfortable category. Right now, the Giants well, look like they're going to be bottom. That's see. That's the thing. That's that's a big if, and that's yeah. that's if like man, I I feel bad for them, but you got to do your job, or people will come down on you. Like Eric fucking Flowers. So he's got a. <sighs> the Giants' offense is so fundamentally broken on every single level. Well, like, but it, I mean, we're it not with talking, the line, right? Is the is the big well, problem? Let Let's explain all this please, because pretty please. much everything has cracks in the foundation mm-hmm. and is feeding into itself. So we're not talking about like a building that's like starting to crumble, but you stick like a pillar over here and it holds up. Okay. We're we're talking about a building that's built in sand right now. That's the giants offense. Let's start with Eli. Eli is old. Yeah. Eli is old. He's past his prime. He's never been terribly consistent Mm -hmm. and he's not making great throws and he's not making great decisions. Of course, one of the reasons why he's not, making great decisions is because he's very panicked right he is clearly skittish the 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 sort of like unflappable eli of 2011 is nowhere to be found eli is shell-shocked at this point for after several years behind this o-line so let's move to the o-line the o-line the we still have a couple interior players that are okay and seattle is clearly has a worse line overall, but I right. think we might legitimately have the worst tackle situation in I, the league. I think you do, and I don't think it's close, my dude. Like, I well, and, and the way to figure this out is like ask people what the worst tackle situation in the league is, and who whose tackles have you been hearing a lot about recently? It's, it's the Giants. Flowers. Right. It's Eric Flowers and whatever nobody they're starting on the opposite side. It changes like every week. Yeah. I like hate I like hate doing this because it, it seems even though they are millionaire football players, it seems mean to like just single out this left tackle and just be like, you suck. And even if it's true, he, like he does, it's definitely not all on him. Mm-hmm. Because here's another problem. Sure. The Giants, McAdoo and everything, they won't come up with schemes to help him out. The yeah, Giants are yeah, never putting true. a tight end over there nope. to help chip the man. Flowers is always on an island. Yeah. And he's not he's not accomplishing it. It should be clear at this point. He needs a little he help. Needs he help. needs like some schemes, like some assistance to help him out. Cause that'll probably help his development. It, it like he is on an island. He is by himself practically every single play. The Giants need to stick a tight end or like a fullback or Someone. something over there yeah. just to help him. And it's not like there aren't sets that they could run that fit with the with their scheme that would like do it you know which is another problem because the giants aren't running creative schemes their play calling is almost like incredibly predictable and almost seemingly like scripted before the game and they're just playing out the script instead of actually trying to see what works and adapting to anything i feel like I, i it was just like i watched a series and it was like 
it was Madden play calling, but the kind of Madden play calling where you got just good enough at the game where you don't either do like a Hail Mary or like a, a halfback draw every play, yeah. right? Um, so it was like it was like first down, always like a short run right up the middle. On second down, it's either a run off tackle or like some sort of quick underneath route. And then on third down, when it's third and ten, you run like four vertical. And, and yeah. like I remember seeing something almost exactly like that a couple of times during the Giants game. And I was just like, I, come on, man. Yeah, it's bad. So what's one way that you can cope with um, an inferior run game and a some bad pass blocking? You know what you, know what you could do? You Screens? could do something called screenplay. Yeah, play. right. Yeah. <laughs> Because if players are going to be running past Eric Flowers anyway, make that part yeah, of the design. Make that part of the design, yeah. Because and, and all these like defenders are just cutting right speedy. through. Yeah. We have a lot of players who'd be great at mm-hmm. screen plays. Yeah. Paul Perkins, like small shifty. Shane Vereen, small shifty. Uh, Sterling Shepard's done some stuff. And Shane Vereen, like, that was his bread and butter when he was on the Patriots, and he can still do it. Yeah. Like, the Giants' offensive... Shane Vereen's play calling is so bad. I can't, I can't believe I forgot that Shane Vereen was on the Giants now because that is everyone has. It is because criminal. they don't use him. It's criminal because that is that is what he has made his career out of doing is being that pass catching back that catches a pass either in the flat or on the screen and then turns that into like an eighteen yard gain somehow every single time by making one move. Yes. He is old, like he is, his skin is sloughing off his body, and there is a the mummy situation going on, but I'm sure he can still kind of do it, since he's been doing it for probably 15 years. Yeah. I mean, that's, God, I totally forgot, and that is, it is kind of unacceptable, right? Like... Run a few screens. Jeez, That'll keep the anything. defense to Honest. hesitate yeah. just enough, which will give Flowers time to actually like lock onto his man. Which is usually, if La- Flowers can actually lock onto his man, he's pretty decent at keeping them off. Mm-hmm. But he's just so easy to get around, like that first his footwork move. is garbage. Right. So yeah. So let's. We got two more problems that we can talk and right now I think I've done a pretty good demonstration of how everything is just feeding yeah, into each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, it's We have the receivers. A vicious the receivers do. are um well, our best receiver is hurt. He missed yeah. the first game and he was effectively still kind of injured against the Lions. Um Brandon Marshall is old and he's not catching anything. And I mean I, uh, I here's the thing, I don't think that's a huge no, Surprise. I'm not terribly worried about the Brandon Marshall yeah, situation. I don't think anyone really should be as as someone who followed him on the Bears and when he left the Bears on the Jets. He's always he he's I don't think he's ever been as good of a receiver as like ESPN seems to think. He like he hasn't been a number 1 guy probably since maybe not even since the Bears because Alshon Jeffrey like the his his last few years there uh, he was the number one on the Jets that that Ryan Fitzpatrick that's, season. That's true because the Jets didn't really have anyone else. I mean, but you know, I I don't know. I mean, his best years, I think, are, are behind solidly him. behind him. So we have receivers that aren't catching the ball, but mm-hmm. the thing is, like, they're not really open because right. the defenses only are still getting easy pressure with four players so they're just dropping everyone else because we have no run game the run game is non-existent we have the lowest yardage total through two games out of every single team and that includes includes teams that haven't played that includes the bucks and dolphins who didn't play week one wow that's that's crazy i mean jhi is a stud but that's yeah. That's friggin' crazy. The I Giants, mean, the Giants' offense is completely and fundamentally broken. Jesus. You can fix Eli. There's still going to be so many issues. You yeah. can fix, like you can get a decent running back in there. There's still going to be so many problems. Like Brandon Marshall can start doing more things. There's still going to be so many problems. There's, it's all just 
fundamentally broken. Well, so let's 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 try and be a little bit more pragmatic then here. Where do, if you are trying to fix this in the best way that that you can, where do you start? Because I think like with what you have now, I think it's got to start with the play calling, right? Yeah, that is the I one thing I would completely agree change. with that. Do we can't really address the line situation at the moment? Or at least We're not kind of, entirely, right? Not entirely. Like we could pick up trade, someone, right? Or free yeah, agency, maybe a trade. That thing. Right now, the best thing the Giants could do is to try and switch up the offensive scheme, try and change the play calling, to try and better utilize our strengths, mm-hmm. as opposed to just trying to force what they think our strengths are. Because I feel like they're just trying to force their game plan on other teams, and it's not working, and they're not going, hmm, maybe we need to... All right, so we can't run to the left because Eric Flowers is a turd. Maybe we should try utilizing runs to a different direction and see how that works. Like, they're not adjusting. They're not changing anything. They're just trying to ram the same crap down the other team's throats, and the other team's just like, all right, I mean, if you're going to keep being dumb... I, I mean, you heard uh, McAdoo was saying, like, if I need to, if we need to, like, have someone else call in the plays, we'll have someone else call in the plays. I I don't think he's going to give them I, up. Me either. Quite me yet. Either. I, I think he's a little proud. And like, What does he have to I be think proud he, of? Like, I, right now, nothing. Yeah. It, it's uh. just kind of sad. Like, I think he needs to give up calling the plays. He's a, he was a good offensive coordinator for us. When, but... Now he has to deal with also being a head coach. Yeah, and, and I he, he don't hasn't think he can good, handle has both. He? And the guy we we hired a dude named Mike Sullivan. Who, mm-hmm. if you don't know who Mike Sullivan is, congratulations, you're a normal person. No one knows who Mike Sullivan is. He's completely unremarkable in every way. Right. He's calling the plays. They're like, I don't know if he is calling the plays. I don't know how much McAdoo is controlling the offense. How much. Mike Sullivan is doing. I really don't know how the Giants offense works. It feels like a weird committee thing, which doesn't work. So if McAdoo could find a good OC that he can trust to actually take charge a little bit and let him be more of a head coach man, I think maybe we could find something. Because if you have someone who's because McAdoo has to split his time between being a head coach and figuring out the offense. <laughs> well, which is a fucking... It's not It's working. a Gordian knot, right? You it's can't... If you have someone who's dedicated to try and fixing the offense, we might have someone who comes up with different ways to utilize these players and try and minimize their downsides and use right. their upsides to the best of their ability. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to rant about no, the chance for a while. Listen, it's, listen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most football podcasts, even ones that aren't hosted by a fan of the team, will be ranting about the Giants because that's like that's like the big story, and that kind of ties into like what I was gonna say about teams that like so many teams that are usually so consistently mediocre, like so consistently mediocre, have either kind of taken a step forward and seem to have like uh, uh, dug themselves out of that hole um, of being like mediocre slash better than mediocre but so many more have like been like have fallen out of it like the Dolphins looked like they might be legitimately good this year mm-hmm. um, and not that they weren't like legitimately good last year but I still think they were like not great great you know? Yeah. Uh, but, like, the Colts are going to be dog shit, even when Luck gets back. Yeah. Luck, I, luck I, coming back is not going to solve I that I don't problems. think that is going to change what ha- – and I, I think – because, like, I was watching some of that Cardinals-Colts game. I mean, you know, speaking of teams that are usually mediocre to good that now just look awful – God, the Cardinals barely beat the Colts. It's yeah, sad. Man. That was that was like the only close game of the week. It really was. It re- I mean, like, well, Patriots I remember Saints seeing was that closer game. than it should yeah. have been. Sixteen points, right? Dolphins Chargers was pretty close. Like that was a comeback for the Dolphins. Yeah, you forgot. But you forgot about the three to nine yeah. <laughs> Bills Panthers <laughs> game. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> right, right. And there's our contender for a turd of the week. God, well there were a lot. I mean, Bengals what? Bengals Texans was 13 to 9. That Thursday Night Football returns, yeah. and guess what? It's, it's still ex- trash. It's exactly the same as you remember it, folks. Trash day night football. Seahawks Seahawks struggled putting away the 49ers, 12-9. to 9. I mean, if you want to know how bad the Seahawks would be on offense without Russell Wilson being yeah. mobile, just look at the Giants. Yeah, really. I just like so, – so that's that's the thing for me is like is the culture now definitely in the, the – the bad thing, even though like Jacoby Brissett doesn't look as bad as I thought he, he looks would. better than Tolzien. He looks better than Scott Tolzien for sure. Um, Cardinals definitely actually bad. Now I thought the Jaguars were going to be, um, I mean, I know Bortles looked like dog shit in the preseason. I thought the Jaguars going to, we're going to take a step up to like, you know, lower see, end of mediocre. See, that was that was a mistake on your. Yeah, I part. know. I'm aware, I'll, and I'll own it. I will own. That I mistake. think that I think the Titans have pulled themselves out. I agree. Of mediocrity I and agree. have turned themselves into a playoff contender. Yep. Okay. So good for them. Like mm-hmm. all the who cares about the Titans jokes because they were so irrelevant for so long aren't going to be quite as meaningful now because now they're actually going to be like potentially competing for the playoffs and it's going to be fun and exciting. It's true. Uh, the saints also just now definitely, I, man, I don't, we have, you see, they started Owen two for the past two years in a row and managed to pull themselves to like an eight, 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 seven, nine. You have said that. You have said that. It's just like, I don't, this this seems different. Like the this Owen two start seems different than their previous Owen two. Yeah, starts. I don't feel like the Saints fans have hope. Yeah, I feel like Saints fans do realize that they're finally stuck in the toilet spiral. Yeah, and yeah. instead of like trying to climb out, thinking, oh no, we could just climb out. We just need like a lucky break. Now they realize they're starting to actually go down the drain. They're like, yeah, right? Hmm, it's you, they passed the maybe event we need to here. clean house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, I'm still really interested by the Rams. The Rams are very interesting because I, they, I don't they know blew what to make the hell out of a bad Colts team, mm-hmm. and they didn't beat a mediocre-looking Redskins team. But I mean, they, they still look them. leagues better than the Rams of last year. Right? Exactly. Exactly. They're like they're trending upwards pretty hard. Yeah. Goff looks like a quarterback this season. Yeah, yeah, not not a great one, but a quarterback nonetheless, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Uh I <sighs> I forgot. I forgot that uh they ran a they ran a fake uh in that <laughs> game. I'm like looking yeah. at the stats here and, you know. Yeah, I guess no Jared Goff was fine passed for 219 one touchdown one interception uh and yeah yeah john hecker one for one for 28 yards the one that mattered yep um but yeah i i don't know what to make of the rams i always want the rams to be good i really do and then they always kind of disappoint me because they are consistently when the rams have been good during my lifetime they're a very fun team to watch. The only time I ever remember the Rams being good was with Kurt Warner in The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah. Well, I don't really have like nostalgia for the Rams because of that though. That was I feel like that was more nostalgia for Kurt Warner than anything else. Kurt, for Kurt Warner, why would you be nostalgic for Kurt Warner when you can be nostalgic for like Marshall Falk and Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce? My dude, he was Kurt Warner was like the least exciting part of that team. But he was the coolest part of that team. No, because he okay. bagged groceries. <laughs> Remember? Do, Did you know that Kurt Warner bagged groceries no, no, before his big break? I don't. Did, Thanks, Chris. Collins how many were... people could possibly know that? Like Kurt Warner bagged groceries was, before he got his break. That was, this is an amazing story that nobody knows, that nobody ever talks about. As the original used to play basketball in college. You know who used to play basketball in college? Mm-hmm. The new tight end receiving touchdown leader, Antonio Gates. Yeah, <laughs> right. There you go. I just want to give yep. Antonio Gates yep. a uh, shout out for breaking the record. Yep. Good job. Yep. Um, just think of all the records you could have broken if you had stuck with basketball. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, 
You would have made more money too, probably. Salary caps are, are gone in basketball, so. And you'd probably uh, Be have healthier, most of your, have brain most of your brain in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So maybe not a great decision, but hey, got a record out of it, so. Hey, you, you know, get to retire go. in a soccer stadium. That's, yeah. Uh, a soccer <laughs> stadium that your fans can't even fill. Yeah, like not, a tiny soccer stadium that like 25,000 people showed up for and most of them were Dolphins fans. Not great. I will say I love that I love that LA has turned on their teams. Yep. I I I really do like that. Because we lot. all saw this coming. We did. We I I think we said when it was clear that both the Rams and the Chargers were going to go. Like I think I I liked the Rams, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was okay with the Rams' there. move. Yeah. I felt bad for St. Louis fans, mm-hmm. but I remember going, like, if this has to happen, I'm it okay with it Rams. being the Rams. Yeah. And then the Chargers, I mean, what, like, LA's mayor or something was like, we only needed one. I feel bad yeah. that the Chargers are here and that the Raiders are moving because I feel like a team should stay with their city. And I'm like, that is, whoa, whoa, my dude. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a pretty, uh, that's pretty harsh truth from the only, mayor. The only team that really feels like it has any sort of like strain of hardcore fandom built into it in LA is actually the Raiders. Yeah, and they're the ones not going so to LA. True. That's so fucking true. Like I if, always forget that. Uh, like yeah, most like, Angelinos love the fucking Raiders. The Raiders are the only team that honestly should have gone to L.A. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Like, if the Rams had roots there, but nobody really thought of them terribly well because the right. Rams' biggest success came in St. Louis. That's true. That's true. They built a lot of that. Well, see, here's the thing is when did the Rams move? Like, n- nine, 1990, like 1990, nine, 91 or 92? Early 90s. Early 90s. Early 90s. So it's... I guess you can kind of have, um, like, hindsight nostalgia in that they, L.A., I guess, set the stage. Like, they had the building blocks there for what the team would become. Yeah, maybe some, uh, like, like some late 30-year-old people finally remember watching Rams games as a kid yeah, in L.A. Yeah, and yeah, And so then maybe watching this spark something in them. Right, exactly. Um, I so this this leads to an interesting question. Do you think um, Raiders fans would have been as mad? Like, do you think there would have been as much of a backlash as there was and is um, uh, towards the Las Vegas move if they had if like uh, the Chargers had either like gone to Las Vegas or stayed put in San Diego and the Raiders went to L.A. I don't. There'd still obviously be a lot of backlash, but I, yeah, I, I definitely do think there'd also be genuine excitement yep. for it. Yep. I Because there yep. are Raiders so fans many. in Los Angeles. Yep. Yep. Los I, Angeles has a strain of Raiders fandom in it. I, I, I will say, I think if, if two teams, if, if LA, like, if two teams were to be in LA, I think it should be at some point the uh the raiders and and the rams um probably because they have history there yeah probably because they have history there or or a strong fan base like people who there who are excited about going to the games and seeing their home team play i mean mm-hmm. that's like that's the most important thing for any and it's why i think that it displays a stunning lack of um foresight i guess by the nfl because here's here's what i compare it to right um mls just expanded and i know i know i know i'm on soccer i promise this won't take long um not like their games take long 90 minutes front to back (laughs) they're like the shortest sports games you can watch Literally, no commercials. Okay, maybe I wasn't being sarcastic. Maybe you weren't. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, so Atlanta, uh, Atlanta United FC. They play in the Mercedes, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, same stadium as the Falcons, and 
when uh, Major League Soccer kind of was looking for teams to or cities to expand to, uh, they saw Atlanta as a place where there were people who were like really excited about soccer, who would pay to go to the games, um, even for like a team that they don't really have a connection with people were ready to embrace like another professional sports team like right in the middle of the city especially since the Braves were kind of leaving town pretty much um and they did it and they are like I don't know if they're selling out Mercedes-Benz Stadium I don't think they are but every single time I watch one of their games like on TV the stadium's packed like people yeah. are going to see major league soccer which is ridiculous people are selling like pairs of tickets for soccer like is growing bucks. yeah like as much as i hate it soccer is growing it's becoming more popular well, here in the states and it's in it i think that it's because like it, sure it has to do with the sport itself right and the and the popularity of the premier league and the world cup and all that shit sure it has to do with that but it also the people in front offices who work for major league soccer have gotten savvy about like advertising and packaging their product. And um, I mean, there are a lot of problems with the MLS, especially in terms of like competitiveness and like, we'll never be as good as European teams the way it is now. They need to introduce relegation, blah, 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 blah. That's a conversation for another podcast. That is not this one. Um, But they, they know where to move teams. They know when not to move teams and they know which cities will be good fits for teams. I mean, the Seattle Sounders were an expansion team fairly recently. Right. And people in Seattle fucking love them and they're a really good team. So it's, it's, it's baffling to me that they can do it with less resources, much less resources and the NFL, I mean, maybe it's a feedback loop where, like... like did you read um, Spencer Hall, the main editor of SB Nation, mm-hmm. wrote, I think, a pretty good piece recently. I think I read it today or yesterday that was, like, the NFL's business model is consuming itself because they're so big that of every they're not really trying they're not innovating in any way. They're just sort of like circling the drain because they're still making so much money that they're they're just stagnating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's hard for me to describe. I'm terrible with words. That's why I draw pictures. But like I think if you could find Spencer Hall, I have uh, every yeah, day should I be Saturday. Read, read like this piece, but yeah, it like I think it's spot on. it's a pretty decent bit about how the NFL is essentially in that too big to fail sort of situation. How it is more or less becoming irrelevant yeah. and the product is going to hell because the NFL is not focused on the product. It's focused on just like all the other stuff that makes money mm-hmm. and like soccer, like MLS, like it seems like it cares about the product. It seems like it cares about growing it in a smart way. And because right. they're not like the juggernaut, they have to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. So they're building something there, and I I can really respect that. And another thing I think is going to help soccer in the coming years is people are going to stop letting their kids play football yeah. because of the concussion issues. So those kids are going to be playing different sports. They're going to be playing basketball, and the NBA's been getting more popular. They're mm-hmm. going to be playing baseball. If they're boring dum-dums, they're going <laughs> to be playing soccer, which... Is a fun sport to play. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's particularly fun to watch, but it is a fun sport to play. Absolutely. And it's significantly less injury risky than football is, and especially because half the injuries are fake. These are also all solvable problems for the NFL. The NFL is not interested in solving well, the problems see, that... because it's still making money hand over fist. But, but that's the problem. But I mean, you only have to look as far as like all, there are all these like doomsday pieces. Like there are every year, granted. Mm-hmm. But like you know, viewership for the NFL way the fuck down. I mean, this is the first year the NFL looked like it was like, huh, maybe 
maybe our product is actually starting to suffer a little bit. Let's let's let them celebrate again. Which, by the way, I'm I'm enjoying the players celebrating again. They're still being That's... flagged for it, though. I they saw are. so many taunting penalties. Although, like, okay, so real quick, real quick, fucking Travis Kelsey, giant douchebag. Right. Yes. Like I, I, I guess I didn't really realize that until this year. Noted how much douchebag. Travis him. Kelsey is a giant douchebag. It was. I was watching the. Um. I was watching the game with with Ray, and obviously, like he was, he was pissed because they were beating his his Eagles. But like, Travis Kelsey's brother is on. Uh, is on the Eagles, and Travis Kelsey like scored a touchdown and did like the uh the like eagle flap like right in the face of one of the eagles players and he just kind of like lost it was like your fucking brother's on the other team don't be a douchebag i think when you're doing it to mock other teams like if you're doing it in front of other players you're doing it to like mock the fans then you're taunting and i think that like if you want to get flagged for that like i'm okay with that being flagged more than just players having fun Mm-hmm. Like one of one of the things that happened this past weekend was Devonte Freeman threw yeah. a free throw through like his lineman making a basket. That was that was fun. great. Who that was great. Who was it that made a catch? Like he made like a diving catch or got like tripped up in the end zone or something, and uh, like just landed in a way in which he was kind of like lying down and then he just kind of put the football under his head and pretended to go to sleep. I really liked that. I thought that was I forget who great. that was, but yeah, that, that was a pretty great play too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't stop throwing flags and stop being dicks. Like I get that you're hyped up and I get that everyone's like, you know, fuck you, fuck your mother probably during, you know, when people are kind of like lining up at the line of scrimmage, but don't, we don't, that's not the kind of celebration that like, I think people want to see either, right? People want to, we want to see those like classic fucking T.O. celebrations that are completely ridiculous and over the top and fun and goofy. The goofy corny, the goofy corny like team celebrations are the celebrations that were getting flagged that I really hated seeing flagged. When Mm -hmm. you're, T- deliberately taunting another player then like i i eh, no come on that's poor sportsmanship right that's not having fun that's dick sportsmanship yeah yes dick's dick sporting goodsmanship i and that like and i'm not even usually like you can jaw like i don't fucking care if you if you jaw at someone else but you have this moment right to like do something cool and if you're just fucking like being a dick to someone, see what what I would what I would love, right? If you really want to be a dick to someone in that moment, what I would be more okay with going up to like the cornerback who is covering you and like just flipping him the double bird right there, and then turning over to the camera and flipping the camera a double bird. I would be more okay with that than like doing the fucking eagle flap or whatever, or doing like the uh, doing like a fake lambo leap or something i i don't know just like own it be mean be actually mean don't don't like subtweet people in in uh, <laughs> in touchdown celebration form when players take other players well-known celebrations and then just do their own yeah version of it that that's just like you're not being real creative. I, I feel like I have seen one of those that I was like, huh, that's kind of funny. You put your own spin on it or whatever. But I that's usually yeah. Be- because it, at some point, like everyone starts doing that celebration. Like I don't fucking remember who started the I know Zeke was known for it, but he definitely didn't start the he did eating not start soup the cereal. one. Yeah, the cereal no. slash soup one. He didn't start it. Um it's just like, oh, so who are you? Who are you making fun of, or like, uh, or are you? I don't fucking know. Like, if I would go out there, I wouldn't eat cereal. I'd pretend to eat a steak. Yeah. Like I, I like I'd pretend I'm like cutting a steak, and then I'd like take a nice five bite of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that. That would be a good twist on the eating cereal celebration, which is. Really dumb. It looks like you're it's like taking really a fishing stupid. reel and reeling it in next to your mouth. Yeah. Ugh. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And you're like, and you always like stick your neck out a little bit. It look really weird. It's not great. There's a lot of amazing potential celebrations out there that players aren't using because they'd rather just take someone else's celebration and use that instead. I, I will. I will say, as someone who has taken improv classes, it can be hard in the moment to come up with something entertaining and usually what you do in that situation is you kind of feed off Dance. your partner's energy or you, well right you you or you just like repeat what they said in a funny way or like or just kind of like let them take the lead so i think uh that kind of replication is the equivalent of that and but there's an, like football you you know you 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 should have like you should rehearse this you should rehearse this Every single player on every single football team should have at least, at least two. An idea of something that they're going to do yep, and if they do it. At least two of them. At least two of them. Mm-hmm. And they need to be new. As soon as you burn one, you got to figure out another one. Right? I don't care if you're like on the sideline. I don't care. I don't care if you just scored, you kicked an onside kick, and now you're back on offense. You need to use that time to figure out some sort of new and innovative touchdown celebration because that is what you are paid to do. <sighs> I don't even remember how we got on this topic. I think we were like going through, I, I think, oh no, I was talking about Travis Kelsey and how he's a dick. Let's let's just move on because <laughs> we've just lost our train of thought. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Joe Thomas. Yeah. 10,000 consecutive snaps the on the Browns. How do you uh, do he belongs in the Hall of Fame yeah. just for that. Really? Really, perseverance, good hustle. Like, damn, damn. That that is Shoot. that is amount that is an amount of commitment that <sighs> few people have. Hell, that's God bless you, Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. The Browns do not deserve you. No, no, they don't. But apparently, you're cool with them, and you don't want to leave. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, yes. Guess who thinks the Earth is flat? Everyone. Now. Sammy Watkins. Oh, good. Oh, good. Sammy Watkins confirmed for dumb. There's there's a joke here about the curvature of the Earth causing his injuries, and I can't find it. It's it's there somewhere, but I can't find it, so I, I apologize. The only thing flat is his play. Oh, ooh harsh i like it though yeah. there, there there it is well done well done mm-hmm. oh god stop thinking the earth is flat god why just how have these players who have spent time on airplanes looking at windows how do they think this i mean it could also just be a my actual serious opinion on this is that a bunch of athletes got together one day and were like fucking the media's always done a dog shit job of characterizing us and like uh reporting on us and they were like do you just let let let's fucking all tell them we think the earth is flat and we just we're gonna commit to it we're gonna do it a hundred fucking percent and we cannot break this lie and it'll be an inside joke among us and every single time someone prints anything about us thinking the word the earth is flat i mean will just it'll be the most hilarious fucking thing it'll be a little joke for us you know i i am i am honestly convinced that that is what this is it's almost ironic really that um in uh, by finding out the earth is flat we're getting a more rounded picture of these players as people yeah yeah it's true regardless of whether or not you believe them or not right (laughs) yeah Oh, you're you're like a little puckish prankster, or oh, you're mm, dumb. You're dumb. E, not great. You're dumb. No, you, you I'm sorry, Sammy job. Watkins, but um, you're you're dumb. You're dumb. You're, you're you're dumb. If 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 you think the Earth is like flat, just think about all the effort everyone would have to go through just to hide that fact from you, right? And then think about how much simpler the other answer is, especially when you can visibly see it from an airplane. Exactly. Yeah. I will. The big, the amount of logical hoops you have to jump through to think the earth is flat in 2017 is so astronomical. It's a lot. 
Yep. Like, there's a guy on the Texas who doesn't believe in the dinosaurs, and you know what? I get. I think that guy is smarter than the people who think the Earth is flat. I, well, it would be. It's. It's a lot easier. I feel like to falsify fossil records, right? Than it. Than it is to. Like, I haven't dug up a fossil. No, I've never either. found a T-Rex skeleton in my backyard. Maybe scientists did build those. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have looked out the window of an airplane. Yeah, I have seen I the have, curvature I of the Earth. I have visibly seen the curvature of the Earth. To be fair, not not that much. And, well, wait, what if, what if the airplane windows are, like, convex a little bit? What? Dude, no, dude, no. dude. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I went I'm not in gonna the commit cockpit. to this bit. I'm not gonna commit no, to this bit. No, we can't because there's gonna be someone who thinks who's it's ta- real. Yeah, who's taking us too seriously? The, there's no. This can't. This can't happen. No, no. Almost every conspiracy theory makes more sense than the Earth is flat. It's true. I like almost every conspiracy theory I could think of, like uh, whoever killed JFK. Mm-hmm. Like I could believe that more mm-hmm. than the Earth is flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never landed on yeah, the moon. The moon I could believe that whole, more. Like, that is so much more believable than the Earth is flat. Because if the Earth is flat, what? How do you? How is space a thing? What is space even then? How do you do a? How do you do a space if the Earth is flat? Maybe you have to buy into the fact that the moon landing is fake. In or like it's a prerequisite course, like it's like a college thing where like okay, so once once you're in, once you're in on JFK, then you can graduate to the moon landing being faked, and then like if you want the three hundred one class, then we get into flat Earth theory. Yeah, I wonder if the reason they think the Earth is flat is because these people have such big egos that they're unable to accept that they're very small. On the grand scheme of the earth. Because if you put like a dust mite on a medicine ball, the dust mite probably isn't seeing a round horizon. Right. It dust mite probably thinks everything is flat Mm -hmm. because he's so small compared to how big the surface area of the medicine ball is. Yeah. Like that's you, Sammy Watkins. Right. You're the dust mite. And the Earth is a medicine ball. It's just too goddamn big for you to tell it's a curve when you're standing on the surface. And even then, if you go to the right place, you can still see the curve of the right, Earth. Right, in the, in the same way. Absolutely. I, I saw this one thing. I think it's down in New Orleans. Like someone said, show this picture to anyone who's dumb enough to think the Earth is flat. And it's like a line of power lines going into the distance mm-hmm. they're all the same height and because i mean new orleans is flat there's it's it's not yeah, a hilly place no. in new orleans but if you just stare at the distance you can see the things curve down yeah yeah i feel like, like i've seen that it, picture. it's the evidence is right there in front of you with your eyes mm-hmm. we can't just all cover that up and say because the earth is flat and there's a giant ice wall and all the governments of the world oh, have come God, together to disprove it. It's God, the earth is round, you so, dummy. So that's that's the other thing. I feel like the most unbelievable thing about all this shit is it, it requires the entire, every government in the world to come together and be like, okay, so they can't know, right? They can't know that the world is flat. No intrepid explorer has ever just accidentally found the proof. None, none of this. It, it, there's so many logical hoops you have to jump through to think the Earth yeah, is flat. Yeah. The, Congratulations, the, the Sammy thing, Watkins. You're a dumb. The one, the one thing that the United States and ISIS can agree on is the fact that they can't let anyone know that the world is actually flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know why North Korea is thinking about launching nukes? It's because too many people. Too many people have, they know. Too, we know too many now. people are starting out. to realize the truth mm-hmm. that the Earth might be flat, and they, they can't let it happen. They gotta silence them. They gotta silence them. We are we are ground zero for flat Earth truth. Uh, I guess dissemination. That's why that's why they don't have open internet there or in China. Oh shit! Oh gosh! Oh, I, we can't gosh. we can't put this podcast episode up. No, we no. use our I mean, we use our real names. They'll find us. 
Um, I'm, I'm, uh, screenplay, John. Uh, <laughs> screenplay John. Don, screenplay Don, screenplay Don Pinocchio. And I'm Pam Jesmus. How can we follow you, Pam Jesmus? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S. <laughs> Yes, on Twitch at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs, um, and also at KissingIvankaTrump.com, where I do some writing things. Dave, I'm I'm John Pinocchio. John you can Pinocchio, find me on Twitter at DrawPlayDave on Facebook at the DrawPlayComic on Patreon on Instagram at DrawPlayDave, and of course on the DrawPlay.com. Please don't tell anyone that we know the truth. I'll see you next week. Bye.